Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, Damian Mason. Got a great show for you today because I have an entrepreneur who is out to reinvent a small town. That's right. This guy has really not ever had a real job. He is an entrepreneur's entrepreneur since he was a farm kid starting at age 18. You're going to hear his story. He's sitting right here next to me. His name is Kevin Smith, and we are in his latest venture, Rustic River Outfitters. So we're going to be talking about all of his entrepreneurial journey and his latest challenge. Not a midlife crisis, but you know what? It's a heck of a project and I'm intrigued by it. You will be too. Before we go any further, I want to remind you that the Do Business Better podcast has always been available on all the sources where you get your podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, etc., etc., SoundCloud, but also it's a video. That's right. We've been putting it up on uh, on my uh, YouTube channel, which is Damien Mason channel, Damien Mason channel on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type in Damien Mason. You'll find it there. And while you're there, would you please subscribe? Because the more subscribers, the more visibility. And there's a lot of people that need to be hearing my kind of message. So please subscribe and share. Share this episode with whoever you know will enjoy it. All right. His name's Kevin Smith. We're at his place of business in Mount Etna, Indiana. Mount Etna, Indiana is a small, small town that borders a reservoir that the only reason I even knew about it because when I was a kid, if you were under 21, there was a liquor store here you could get served. And it didn't even stay in business till I was 18, so I didn't even get to enjoy it. I come along this guy a year ago, this guy, Kevin Smith, and uh, this place, and I'm like, what in the hell happened to Mount Etna? He's got this beautiful facility that we're sitting in right now. So before we go on about all that, Kevin Smith, thanks for being on. Great to be here. Okay. You're an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. I already said that. You're a farm kid from Warren, Indiana. Your first venture was a chicken barn or two, right? Chicken farm, yeah. All right. So tell me about that. Uh, mom and dad bought a chicken farm when I was five years old. When I was 17 years old, I purchased it off of them and uh, far, or raised chickens with my grandmother at the same time. She had chickens and I had chickens and, and I also did construction in what we call builder's gallery and I got married. The chickens had to go, too much work and uh, the construction had to go, so we went solely into Builders Gallery, which is an architectural millwork and design company that does very large-end projects. All right, so here's the deal. You started Builders Gallery. You didn't buy it, so you're a farm kid with a chicken house or two. Your grandma and you were teamed up on this. You get out of the chicken business because you were working construction. At what age did you then start Builders Gallery? 18. You're 18 years old. No college. Got out of high school. 76 year or 76 Ford Torino is all I owned. Okay, so you got out of high school, you graduated, and you started Builders Gallery as an 18-year-old. I know there's 18-year-old kids that think they're starting businesses, like they're going to start a you know an online uh, uh, you know cleaning business or something like that. You started Builders Gallery when you're 18, and that's a big deal. What did Builders Gallery do? Architectural millwork. So if you have doors, trim, uh, stairways, I specialize in stairways, but also we do the design work for architectural millwork, which is your doors and trim and crown molds. Okay. So you started doing it at your 18. How old are you right now? 
56. All right, so you're 56. Almost 40 years, 38-year entrepreneur. And then Builders Gallery is going great guns. You've got a few employees. You do high-end, large-scale uh, construction jobs for the millwork, yep. et cetera, et cetera. So what happened next? You well, almost went away from that for a while. The old sawmill here. Yeah, I've sold out that company once. And uh, it's about two years after I sold it. Uh some vendors come back to me and ask me if I'd take over the business again and start selling the product. And I said, yeah, I'll do this, but I'm not inventorying anything. So we kind of took it a different direction. Okay. So Builder's Gallery, you had it, you built it up, you had a success. And then one day someone comes along and buys you and you're like, this is great. And then what did you do for that couple of years when you weren't doing that? Build a house and wrote software. <laughs> All right. So that's something that's kind of interesting. Uh, you wrote software for that kind of business. Yes. For yeah. millwork business. All right. So then uh, you bought it back or got it into the business again, and Builders Gallery is going great guns. And then a few years ago, you come along and see an old abandoned sawmill in a town not too far from your house called Mount Etna. Yeah. Take me from there. The old sawmill here in Mount Etna, when I was my grandparents, when I was a kid, I'd come to the sawmill We'd jump off into the sawdust and next to the sawmill, and it was kind of a cool thing. So I've always been intrigued by the the property. Tried to buy it for seven several years. The fella owned it, didn't want to sell it. And so one year, after many years of every year asking him, he finally decided to sell it. But at that point, it had come so in such bad shape, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to put it back together. But we decided that. We thought we could put it back together and give my kids an opportunity to have something to do locally and give them the insight of how to take a building and completely redo it and make a business out of it. Okay, so it should be pointed out that his business in this old sawmill is not a sawmill. It hadn't been a sawmill for years. It was an abandoned, abandoned sawmill. So Kevin says, I'm going to build a business there in a town that's got a population of about 100 70. 70. Well, okay, 70 <laughs> people. And so uh, not too far off a highway. That's good. And, uh, and another highway. So here's the deal. Uh, you, you you got up this plan. Tell me about the plan. Plan is, is to take Huntington County has had some focus problems in the past. We, we really don't have any growth in Huntington County. My concept is take assets we have in the community recalibrate them, make them work for us, come up with a concept. Instead of spending billions on bringing new people in, new companies in, take our assets we have, tweak them, put a little private money into them, and build businesses like entrepreneurs should do. Yeah, so that's a, a vital thing. So the people that listen to this podcast are small business people, business owners. They might have a job and want to start a business, whatever. We're not talking about scale, whether it's $5 or $5 million. The main thing here is that we're talking about how an entrepreneur thinks and how a a visionary looks at something like an old abandoned sawmill and says it can be more than that because the average person says it ought to be bulldozed or whatever. We're talking about then taking a sawmill in a little town of 70 people. And what's the asset that we have that you're talking about capitalizing on? 
we have the Salomon Reservoir close by, which is about a block away down mm-hmm. the hill. And by the way, we should tell people that's about, uh, I think, 12,000 acres of total property, about 2,000 acres of it is water, uh, camping, fishing, hiking, biking, boating, horseback riding, snowmobile trails. Did I miss anything? Nope. Okay. So there's also a river. So one of the things that Kevin decided he could do out of this old sawmill, besides, of course, sell wine like you see behind me, is give Canoe and kayak trips. Yeah. So canoe and kayak trips along the river that comes into the reservoir. And I, if you told me back when I was a kid or even 10 years ago, hey, there's going to be a place not too far from your place that uh, does canoe and kayak trips. I'm like, well, that's interesting, but is there going to be demand? There is definitely demand. When we're, when we started this, we were the only company doing it within 50 miles. Uh, The Wabash River is close within 12 miles. So we also utilize the Wabash River. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope to add on to the Mississippi River because it's only 12 miles away. So we'll have three rivers to cover eventually on the canoeing and kayaking. I think the one of the big keys before we go any further is you said, why not? There's always this thing, well, we got to go big as, as opposed to let's look at the assets we have that are already here and free. And then you have to utilize that asset to your business advantage. And that's what you looked at and decided to do. All right. So you said, we're going to do kayak and canoe trips. And then we're going to sell wine and craft beer. Like he was so gracious to give me one before we started recording. And then what else is the vision here? Well, I still already know one thing you got going on. Events. Yeah. Well, we're out here. We're 12 to 15 minutes from Huntington. Or about the same from Wabash, Marion. So we're pretty close, but we're still a little drive. The, the concept here is to have something different going on with each season to keep the flow of people coming in. So in the summer, we have the canoeing and kayaking and the beer and the wine. We also have an ice cream shop. On Fridays, we have nacho night. On Saturdays, we have taco night. We're not a restaurant, but we do the food thing. When it's we start it, once it's gone, it's gone. We don't run around trying to find more. Uh, but then as fall comes in, we start having weddings and fall parties, birthday parties, and the, and the canoeing and kayaking kind of slips away. Right. But the parties seem to be booked during the week even. Okay. So, and now we know that with the, by the way, this towns he mentioned are not obviously Chicago-sized towns. He's talking about we still are pulling people from within uh, you know, Indianapolis might be coming here and that's 90, 80 miles, 80 miles, uh, and you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana, but then there's also small town people. So he's defying that whole thing about, you have to be close to some large metropolitan area. You're pulling folks. And then for the events, COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera. Some of these people are afraid to go to events. What bonus do you have here? A lot outdoors. Outside, yeah. Outdoors. One thing about the people coming in, 85% of our clientele, our customer base now is coming from the Carmel Westfield area, the Ohio line where 124 meets the Ohio line in Northern Allen County. The rest are local. Those are areas that are about uh, 50 to 80 miles away from here. Okay. So you've got the events business, you've got the local thing, you've got the canoeing and kayaking. What's next? During the fall, we have the parties. Come winter, uh, we do Believe it or not, we do a lot of Christmas parties, a lot of corporate events. Springtime rolls around again, and we're right back into the weddings, the kayaking. So we kind of mix it up a little bit as the seasons change. You've been at it for not even a year and a half. Correct. And tell uh, the, the the business story that everybody loves to hear. They're actually making... We're showing a profit already. 
Okay. Now, I said what's next. The title of this episode, we're talking about reinvention, and we're talking about reinventing a small town. Uh, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are not, if you are a business-minded person, you know that small communities have struggled. We don't have broadband out here. We don't have uh, young people thriving and you know, coming to these places to thrive. We have the whole thing about the brain drain. Well, some of that can be reversed because technology is making it so you can work from anywhere. COVID-19 made it so that people decided, hey, I can work from home. I can work from a cabin. I can work from an RV. There's people that are buying these vans and RVs and floating all over the place. This could end up being your customer and tell them what your vision is because you think that there is a person or persons that will move to a Mount Etna, even though there's no Starbucks here. And why is that going to happen? Because of the quaintness of it, the bringing the old time feeling back to a small community cleaning the small community up. We already have future plans for cottages, restaurant, a music park. There's a, a number of things we can do here because of uh, the land values work with us really well. Meaning it's cheap to be here. So your concept, and that's why I said I wanted to have you on here is about reinventing a small town. You bought four acres that's just to the north between here and this reservoir from where we're sitting right now. You have a vision for that and explain that vision. That'll be it. There'll be a restaurant overlooking the Salamone Reservoir. So when lakefront dining, lakefront dining with the Salamone Sunset. And if you've ever seen the Salamone Sunset, it's very tropical looking. It's it's an awesome view. Uh, on that same property, we'll have cottages. Uh, we're going to start off that project this winter. Hopefully by spring, we'll have a bourbon bar there. And that will start the whole when, did the co when does cottage construction begin? Hopefully this spring. Okay. And then by when do we have a bourbon bar? It will be this spring. Okay. Yeah. So at the bourbon bar, because that's a very popular thing, uh, I've worked in Kentucky. There's the thing, the bourbon trail. People hop on these buses, go around, go to places. And in southern Michigan, there's the wine trails, etc. So do you think people will come here if it's standalone? Uh, or are you going to end up being one place they go and they go to other places? No, no, we'll have people come in here, stay in the cottage. And be a destination. Be a destination for Huntington County. You come and you enjoy bourbon, you, you yep. golf or you play out on the reservoir, you fish, you ride your boat around, you swim, you uh, whatever it hike. is, hike, ride horses, ride your bikes, and then you go to the bourbon bar and do bourbon tasting, and then you've got a cabin rented that's a, right, you can walk up the side, uh, up the trail from the yeah. bourbon bar. And the ladies can come back to the Rustic River and have a glass of wine or relax, and that's what this is all about, is kicking back, relaxing, the old feeling with a modern twist gives it a very comfortable feel here. All right. So this is, I know this podcast you're saying, okay, this sounds like a commercial. No, it's not a commercial. It's about what can you do on uh, the lessons here are capitalizing on an asset that's already there and then the vision. So let's answer this honestly. You've screwed up before. Oh, many times. <laughs> All right. Give me a couple of your screw ups. Uh, a couple of screw ups. With, with this one or with any of the other ones, other v ventures you've been in on? Well, I'd have to think about that one. All right. Have you ever lost money? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can do that pretty well. <laughs> worst, I always seem to gain it back. So. Worst, worst part of uh, being a 38-year entrepreneur, or not worst part, but the thing that you don't enjoy. I would say for me, it would be if I had to manage a whole bunch of employees, because we talked about before we started recording, as a self-employed guy or a sole proprietor, I struggle with... with uh, 
managing people sometimes. Yeah, that's that can be an issue. Out here, though, we have decent bunch of people. Yeah. We, we still have to tweak here and there to get them to do the things like normal people do. But that wouldn't be the worst thing. The worst thing is dealing with trying to get to the next step with the, the government. Everything is a challenge. You can't do anything. So the thing that you struggle with, entrepreneurial people are visionaries. Government bureaucrats are typically roadblocks and uh, and uh, just figure out how can I have this job without getting fired and not doing anything. Yeah, and it's discouraging. It's very discouraging. It's discouraging because you went there with a vision. So tell us about that. Uh, the area where the cabins are going to be the cabins. Well, Rustic River itself with a struggle. I wanted to take an old building, fix it up, completely change the area. Yep. And put investment, and private put investment, money, put private money into a, it into was, a dilapidated area. Yeah. And it was a total struggle to the point at several different times, I was about ready to just close up and use it for storage. Yeah. And, it, and that that's the most discouraging part about, and I, I think... A lot of our counties have that trouble. Wabash County has a beautiful vision. Yeah, and you're talking about here in Indiana, where you and I are both from. But the person listening to this could be living in uh, yeah. in, in Utah. They, they and have the same. They have the exact same yep. issue. Yep. Where government gets in the way of visionaries that are actually trying to do something that contributes massive amounts of value, employment, and personal investment into an area, it seems counterintuitive. Yeah. What what when you go into a government office and you ask, say, "Hey, I want to do this." They should be handing you papers and instruction. This is how you need to do it mm-hmm. to keep in compliance. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's not the way it is. It's a struggle every step of the way. That's the biggest overall problem with being an entrepreneur. I don't disagree because I tend to be very libertarian and very uh, independent. And uh, the, the thing is, I don't have to ask for a lot of permissions. But when I've had to on farm expansions, farm projects, things like you said, mm-hmm. I'm not here and spending $200,000 to redo uh, a property. Why do I need to deal with you? Yeah. All right. Uh, what has gone right and, and what has gone wrong um, besides the government part of it with this project? What has been right about it? Is we've got, we have not advertised at all out here. It's all been Facebook or Google. Mm-hmm. And the people that come out here are wonderful people. We have had very little issues with anybody. It's neat to see that it, where it folks actually appreciate that. and support what you've created. Yeah. And, and that gives me more energy to do more. Because when, when you get a satisfied customer, that's kind of an entrepreneur's fuel. So my wife told me once, I haven't had a real job for 26 years. Lori said to me once, she says, Damien, you know what you have going for you that maybe you don't even fully understand it, that the average employee does not. She says, you, back when I was a political comedian, she says, you write uh, five minutes of new jokes and then you get on stage and you deliver those jokes and you know immediately, you have an instantaneous feedback and you also know, you can see the fruit of your labor. And she says, everything you've done, buy a property, fix it up, it makes it worth more money. She says, the things that you've done, you tend to get actual, tangible results and you see them immediately. She says, there are people that have jobs that sit in cubicles across the country that show up every day and they don't see any result. Isn't that what you like about your job? Yeah, I like the results. That you also I, I, I feed off of it. Yeah, you yeah. actually see that you've created something. You create, invent something, and you see what becomes of it. That's why at 56 years old, I'm still having a vision. It's what I feed off of. 
It's what makes me me. Decided a long time ago not to fight it. It's just what it is. And you deal with it. <clears throat> Do you, My wife deals with it. <laughs> did you ever get to where you were so defeated you thought about going and getting a normal job? A few times. Then I pout a couple of days and then I move on. I've been there and it took me more than a couple of days of pouting. I went through a, a couple of years of pouting uh, at different times in my career when I said, I just, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm a, I, I'm a, uh, this idea of, I would say that when you are on your own, and I've been for 26 years, you wake up every day unemployed and then pound the coconuts together and see if you can get some money to fall out of them. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what do you think that you would tell a person, any person that is in this uh, listening to this, viewing this, whatever, what would you tell them that you'd say, okay, when you're discouraged like that, how do you get through it? Uh, just to think about the positive things that's happened. Just think about the positive things that you have done mm -hmm. and realize that you did this before and you're going to get through it. It's just time. Put, put your head down and push through it. I think that's funny because I made a point once when I said about resilience. I said, once you've been through enough shit, you know what you can get through and how it's not going to knock you down. And it's like the only the thing is the only way you get more resilient is by being <laughs> resilient the first time, the second time, the third time, the 10th time. Too uh, bullheaded to give up. All right. And you won't tell me what you've done wrong. You give me one thing you've done wrong. You say, hey, shorten the learning curve. So if you're listening to this and say shorten the learning curve, I'll give you a couple. Uh, I hired wrong. We talk about employees. Mm -hmm. I, I was desperate. I needed somebody. My wife went back to corporate she, and I was, my business kept getting busier and busier. I needed somebody. So I just grabbed somebody. Mm. And then the grief that that caused me, it would have been easier for me to work 40 hour days than to have gone through the grief for four months with that employee. That's one thing that I can give uh, our listeners, and, viewers, and whatever. I think we've all been there. <laughs> and my, my biggest problem with, when I run into that it's the disappointment in the person that you've hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my that more than being upset with them or mad. I'm just disappointed. Uh, what else you got? Anything else that you'd say, man? This is really something I learned. This is something I I learned because I did it wrong. Anything? Not holding holding back too long. Instead of just pushing forward and doing it, I will back up. I'll go so far and then I will back up. And I haven't did that in the last few years, and that seems to be a more of a positive thing. I don't think that anybody that has uh, gotten to know you a little bit like I have would say that you're um, a, a, a procrastinator. No. Um, remember, everybody that we know that comes and talks to people like you and I, they say, hey, you haven't had a real job for 26 years. I got this idea. I say, hey, that's great. That's great. Well, I want to tell you about my idea. I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, but my, what do you think? I said, it's a fine idea. Well, should I have turned into a business? And, well, can you go for six months without making any money. Yeah, but what about my idea? I said, no, 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 no. Can you go for one year without making any money? Actually paying out And money. while, <laughs> and during that year, you're actually going to be taking what might be your entire net worth and earnings and throwing it back into this thing. Yeah. Well, I, what my idea? I said, again, the idea is fine. It's the uh, rubber hitting the road. Mm -hmm. We've been upside down and backwards a couple of different times. And now I've discovered maybe you can answer this. I'm a few years younger than you. I don't want to get upside down and backwards anymore. In other words, I'm not going to go all in anymore. I'm 51 years old. I've been running that now for 26 years. I was more of a, I'm pushing all my all my chips in. Am I doing it right, or should I still be more ballsy and well, go see, all in? Well, see, that's what I, that's where I caught my that was my weak spot because I would start something and I'd go so far and then I'd back off and then I'd start it and back off. Once I decided we we've got this started, you need to push it on through. 
and play it out to the next inning. That's my that's where I've learned to grow on. So you're saying don't start playing scared? Don't play scared. If you're not if you're gonna play scared, don't start it. Don't like, start it. I like it. That's one of my favorite sayings in cards. I always say, hey, I didn't come here to play scared. All right. Uh, one piece of, okay, closing thoughts, and then we're going to have one one piece of advice or lesson that you can give to anybody. So closing thoughts. What am I missing? Anything? Uh, visionary. You're going to reinvent the town. You're going to put in cabins. You're going to put in a bourbon bar. You're going to put in a music park. Shops. Uh, shops. Yep. Um, somebody's probably listening to this saying, well, that's easy because he's a rich guy that has like had his own business since he was 18 years old. Because <laughs> I get that sometimes. Like, well, it's easy for you to say because, you know, you got a winter home in Arizona. You're not poor. And I'm not. I'm not poor and you're not poor. But it's never easy. No, it's not easy. Uh, and also, one thing that uh, a lot of folks probably um, that have normal jobs maybe don't fully get I've never gotten a loan that wasn't still personally backed by Damian Mason. It's not oh, like, yeah. oh, it's backed by Rustic River because the banker's going to say, what the hell's Rustic River? An old <laughs> sawmill with some wine racks, an ice cream shop, yeah. and a tent back there, and, and, a, and a pavilion for uh, for weddings? No. Kevin's the one that's on that. Yeah. And if we if I screw up, guess what? Yeah. I have to pay up. Right. So anyway, it's never easy. What uh, what are you looking forward to? What do you what do you see happening? The shops, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you're, you've got a vision for all this. What can prevent it? Local government. Okay, besides government, anything? Yeah. Uh, not really. Okay, and you and you believe that the customer will be there. I I know the customer will be there just because it, of what you've already seen. It's what we've already seen. We haven't advertised at all except for Facebook and Google. So before we even step out into the masses, we've already get a good start. The reason I didn't advertise is I wanted to grow it slowly so if I stumbled, I could fix it before the masses come in. You started with the vision of the idea that we're going to capitalize on an asset that is here. Now, the one thing that you didn't do, you didn't do customer surveys and run to 47 towns within 50 miles and, and ask them would they come and support this. Because I always find it interesting that folks think they got to, but what they're usually doing is making up more research reasons to then not have to actually do the risk. Yeah. Research to avoid risk, yes, but also maybe you're doing research because you never were going to take the risk anyhow. Well, I was blessed with common sense. <laughs> so if you start weeding through the, the, the stuff and you start looking at it, step back and look at this little community. You take the rough out of it. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful chunk of ground. Mm -hmm. It's it's on the banks of the Salamone Reservoir, river, yeah, river. Uh, reservoir. It, it's it's not far from any little town, mm -hmm. and it's just a day's trip for a lot of other towns. Sure. And it already does have a resource with the trails and yeah. the horseback riding, snowmobiles, hunting, hiking, fishing, boating, yeah. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, the Salamone Forest down there. It's a wonderful forest to go through. Sure. All right, so uh, nothing's going to stop you. You've got the confidence. That's another key lesson. So we talked about utilizing an asset that is already there, having the confidence uh, that once you say this is what's going to we're going to do, have the have the confidence to go ahead and do it, and then also doing it. Um, because even even you and I sometimes stop short because we start getting a little bit. I don't know. And don't feel, be don't be afraid to adjust. If something ain't quite working right, step back and readjust it. We've did it several times here. If this ain't working, you just readjust something else until you find that little niche that works. Everybody that listens to this knows that one of the big things I would say is, you know, uh, business plans, when you start saying, here's what's going to happen in the next five years, here's what's going to happen in 10 years, I said, that's ridiculous. How in the hell it's do you all, know what's going to happen in 10 years? It's all a guess. No. Yeah. But you, you have to have a plan. You can plan out one year. You can plan out 
but I always say goals are more important than plans because you've got a goal to build these mm-hmm. things and a goal to bring a certain number of people. What is the end all goal? You get all this done, sit back and look at it, or is there something else? There's always something else with me. Uh, it's just, just who I am. Uh, my kids are moving into this. Uh, Adam works here. He's 20. Haley works here. She's 13 going on 14. Nicole is 27. Had my first grandbaby that a couple weeks ago. Has anybody told you you're a little old to be uh, 56 years old to be having a 13-year-old kid? No, she keeps me young. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> All right, last thoughts. Uh, what would you recommend? Anybody that's a, a business person, owns their own business, runs their own business, and you know, I think it's probably along the lines of you venturing into something new, but what would you say? What's one thing you would tell anybody can learn a lesson from? Uh, just get it in your head what you're going to do. Stick with the plan. Don't keep backing away from it and keep backing away from it because life's not any shorter. Get a plan. Get a good bank to work with. Get some good people to work with. Pull it all together and just push on. And when you have a down day, put your head down and push ahead because you will get through it. And you will have down and you will have down days. Oh yeah, you, <laughs> you will have down days. You will have down days. Or down quarters. Oh yeah. Down years some years. We just went through COVID and, and uh I don't know how it's happened, but we've we've stumbled through it pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh that's your last thought. I liked it. Rustic River Outfitters, Mount Edna, Indiana, and his name's Kevin Smith. If they want to look you up, they find you at Rustic River Outfitters on Facebook. Rustic River Outfitters on Facebook. If or you on are, Google. if you are within, or Google it. If you are within two hours, it's a cute little place, and you can come here, and he'll be glad to show you the map of what's going to happen. You know, eventually they'll sell you a cabin. So if you're saying I need a getaway, <laughs> I need a place, a cheap little cabin. You're going to sell them for like yep. seventy thousand yep. dollars, and I need a place to go and spend a weekend and and fish and read and whatever. So it's a neat thing. Uh, I like it. I get excited about it. Are you still excited? I'm still excited. I always find that entrepreneurial people need to keep doing the next thing to stay excited. It's who we are. You just got to live with it. Hey, check them out. Thanks for being here. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Uh, Watch these, listen to them, share them with friends. And thank you for being a listener. Thank you for being on, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Until next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.